Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. This weekend, the San Francisco Pride Parade is back after two years of a pandemic hiatus. But if you're looking for a more tranquil place to celebrate, you might consider the first and the only federally recognized AIDS memorial in Golden Gate Park. There is, however, a deep irony to that designation. I actually learned that even though it's federally recognized, it doesn't come with federal funding. Leaving the advocates behind this memorial to figure out how to maintain it on their own. Today, we're going to share the story with you about the history of that memorial and the folks behind it. It's a story about how a community found new ways to come together and overcome loss while the government stood by and watched the AIDS crisis unfold. And it's from our friends at Bay Curious. They'll take it from here right after this break. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. As you walk down the steps into the National AIDS Memorial Grove in Golden Gate Park, the traffic and bustle of the street fade away. The trees that keep the grove hidden from the road above slowly give way to smaller shrubs and flowers. And when you reach the bottom, there's a big grassy field. You're hit with this feeling of openness. But surrounded by trees and plants, you also feel protected. Some people say it feels like you're being held by two cupped hands. And I just happened to stumble through it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is such an amazingly 
tranquil place. This is Bay Curious listener Don Linhart. She moved close to Golden Gate Park six years ago, and since then, this grove has become one of her favorite places. I immediately was wondering, what is this all about? And I, I just wanted to know more. Today on Bay Curious, the story behind the National AIDS Memorial Grove. It's the nation's first and only federally designated memorial for lives lost to AIDS. We'll be right back. The National AIDS Memorial Grove in Golden Gate Park is a hidden oasis just off JFK Drive. Its beauty is the work of thousands of volunteers, many from the groups affected most by the AIDS epidemic, including intravenous drug users, hemophiliacs, and the LGBTQ community. Producer Amanda Stupai attended one of the Grove's workdays and found that they are a powerful way community members honor those they've lost. I came here 22 years ago as a volunteer. My partner had just died three weeks prior. The grief was so strong and my depression that I felt like I would start calling in on sick days if I didn't make a move to engage in life (laughs) and just like take my grief somewhere. Tom Jensen is on the board of directors for the National AIDS Memorial and is helping lead volunteers today. He thinks about his long-term partner, Bobby Hilliard, who died of AIDS when he's here. We produced magic, jealous-making magic. (laughs) Tom and Bobby met in the early 80s in San Francisco's financial district while waiting in line for coffee. You know, it was just a a playland and a wonderland. I mean, there was just such freedom and liberation. I felt like we can change the world. But it soon became a terrifying time. A new virus was sweeping through the gay community. Friends were dying all around them. Noticing people that I worked out with at the gym, and in two weeks they were covered with Carposi sarcoma lesions and um, walking on canes and in wheelchairs and looking like emaciated old men. Between 1981 and 1994, more than 11,000 San Franciscans died of AIDS. Though early media attention on the disease focused on gay white men, the disease has always disproportionately affected communities of color. Bobby already had the virus when he and Tom got together. They focused on enjoying the present. We lived a life thinking you're gonna live for a year and a half. So we didn't move in together. It seemed pointless. But in what felt like a miracle at the time, when the average life expectancy for someone with AIDS was a little over a year, Bobby went on to live with the virus for another 16 years. They did eventually move in together, first in the Castro, then in Noe Valley. The two spent a lot of their time in nature. We got to go backpacking and hiking and camping, and, and, you know, we were great friends. We loved each other. After Bobby died, Tom knew he needed to push past his introverted tendencies. And plants comfort him. I decided to come here because I thought, I'll at least feel at home. His first visit to the National AIDS Memorial Grove was at a monthly workday. Hundreds of volunteers showed up to weed, transfer plants, and generally keep the place beautiful. Some have been coming for decades. Many have lost a loved one to the virus. This is just such a huge family. I was transformed by being here. 
The AIDS Memorial Grove is important to many people, but building it was no easy feat. It took decades of work. The gay community was hit early and hard by the AIDS epidemic in the 1980s, and homophobia shaped how government and researchers responded. Many of these people may not have died if our government and a majority of society had cared more about them. Steve Sagasser manages programming for the National AIDS Memorial. He lost his partner, Sergio Anguiano, to AIDS. Government wasn't doing anything about it because it was hitting a group of people who were already demonized or stigmatized. In the first decade, people with AIDS were largely left to fend for themselves. People came together. No one told us what to do. Friends and neighbors organized to support sick community members. But people kept dying. By 1988, the CDC recorded more than 80,000 cases of AIDS in the United States. Of those, more than half were fatal. That same year, a small group of San Francisco residents asked the city to dedicate some land for a memorial, a place people could gather to mourn and remember those who had died of AIDS. A healing garden for people experiencing trauma after trauma, loss after loss, at such a rate that, you know, it was impossible to complete the grieving process for one person, and, and you're already, you'd already lost another. They envisioned a new way of commemorating and coping with loss, something natural, but that still had the sanctity of a cathedral, a place with life running through it. The city agreed to let the group use an abandoned dell at the eastern end of the park. It was a swampy, overgrown valley, and it flooded a lot. There was six foot of water in here, but it was like murky, marshy, blech water um, that, that we drained out. In 1991, volunteers began years of intense work to clean up the dell. Usually 300 to 400 people out here every month for three years, just cleaning out washing machines, tires, blackberry bushes, um, junk. Congress designated the Grove a national memorial in 1996. Steve says the space has allowed people to grieve communally by creating and nurturing a living space. The volunteers, the people from the community who needed to be with people going through the same experience and to share their grief with others experiencing the same. Now they have a beautiful public space and a community to lean on. This is where they could come and grieve openly and share their experiences and relate to each other. Some people have criticized the Grove for being too subtle. They say it needs a signature element, like a big statue, to drive home a clear message. This is the circle of friends, and um, we call this the heart of the Grove. The circle has about 3,000 names carved into the ground, spiraling out. It's the closest thing to a centerpiece in the Grove. Most of the names are of people who have died from AIDS. Others are people who have been affected by the disease. Tom Jensen thinks most people understand the intention of the Grove when they visit. We come down into a bowl that's almost like hands holding us. We're off the street, we're out of the noise. We have made it a sacred place. He likes that people use the Grove in all kinds of ways, from contemplative to boisterous. After all, many of those who died from AIDS were young people who missed out on many of life's joyful moments. A 25-year-old man, 30-year-old man saying, will you remember me? 
think there's so much in that. Like, I haven't even lived my life. I haven't even become who I wanted to become. And yet, will you remember me? Please remember me. Thanks to our friends at the Bay Curious Podcast for sharing that episode with us. This one was reported by KQED's Amanda Stupai. It was scored by Amanda Font. Thanks as well to Kiana Mogadam, Jessica Placek, Scott Schaefer, Jen Tien, Jenny Pritchett, and of course, the host of Bay Curious, Olivia Allen Price. If you liked that episode, give the Bay Curious Podcast a follow on Apple Podcasts or wherever you found our show. By the way, this episode was part of a series from Bay Curious on Golden Gate Park. There's the super cool DIY walking tour feature to this series. For more information on that and how to do it, check out baycurious.org slash Golden Gate Park. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thank you so much for listening. Peace. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. 